Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Today on CityCast Madison. It's the Friday News Roundup. This week with CityCast host Bianca Martin and lead producer Molly Stentz. The Wisconsin Supreme Court has ruled if the smell fits the crime, you'll do the time. Are you about to pay more for childcare? And Madison has declared the city a sanctuary for trans and non-binary people. But what will it mean? It's Friday, June 23rd. I'm Dylan Brogan, and here's what Madison's talking about. It's the Great Friday Roundup, where the news flows like Adam's Ale. Let's enter the no tradiddle zone. That's a good one this week. Well, joining us now, of course, is CityCast Top Banana, Bianca Martin. Good morning, Bianca. Good morning, banana time. Also with us is the sheriff of this here podcast. It's Molly Stentz. Yahoo! Hello. Hey, look, the gang's all back together again. We don't have any time for dilly-dallying because there is big news this week from the Wisconsin Supreme Court. Uh, the, the headline is, Scent Like Marijuana, Enough to Warrant Police Search. Did you guys hear about this one? Yes. Don't get me started. Well, let me set the scene here. Set the smell. In the city of Marshfield, um, a man named Quahim Moore was driving. He was pulled over for speeding. An officer, her initial contact with him, she detected the odor of raw marijuana. So remember that raw part for later. So this was used uh, for probable cause of a pat-down search. They didn't find any marijuana on the initial pat-down or any weapons or anything like that. They just found a vape pen. Now, Moore said, hey, it's CBD. That's perfectly legal in Wisconsin. It's not marijuana. No one is disputing that. Perfectly legal vape product that you can buy at virtually any gas station now. So another officer arrives, and he, too, smells this overwhelming smell of marijuana. They determined that it was coming from the vehicle, not more. So they searched the vehicle. Didn't really find anything there. But at some point, they noticed that Moore's belt buckle was sitting a little higher on his pants. So they did another search of his person in the zipper area. Can I just say, that's weird. That's a weird detail. There was something he was evidently concealing in between his pants and his belt buckle. They were really looking. That's what happened. So they found um, a small amount of cocaine and fentanyl. And so he was charged with possession of a narcotic with intent to deliver. So a circuit court found that, hey, you know, I don't think they had a probable cause to, to search him because marijuana smell and a CBD smell or cannabis smell, those all smell the same. An appeals court agreed with that and said, nope, we can't charge this guy because your search was illegal. His Fourth Amendment rights were violated. But the conservative majority on the Wisconsin Supreme Court this week reversed those decisions. And now there's some precedent that if an officer 
smells what they believe to be marijuana, that's enough to search you. Opening it up for discussion for the class here. What jumps out at you guys? It stinks. There's something that smells about this. It's obnoxious. I do not like this. <laughs> I think it's... Well, just knowing that there are so many laws that are changing across the country around the legalization of marijuana, that's one thing. Because you smell marijuana, it just feels like a uh, an extension of police opportunity to over-police, potentially. And it feels like a lot of police power over citizens, in my opinion. You could see where some people would say, well, wasn't it a technicality, right? I mean, they found the guy had fentanyl. We know fentanyl is nasty stuff. And so does it matter how they came to it, right? Because in the end, they did find that he had this gnarly stuff. But I think it raises a really important question about our right to be protected from unreasonable searches and seizures. And when all you need for probable cause is you smell bad, (laughs) is you smell like marijuana, when there's a, a lot of things that smell like marijuana. I mean, as you mentioned, hemp smells like marijuana because it is literally the same type of plant, just with a different psychoactive property. So, and that's legal. Shoot, I got some smelly dogs. I mean, hitting skunks in the road. (laughs) There's a whole lot of things that leave open to interpretation. Hey, I smelled marijuana. Body odor. (laughs) Body odor. Hey, I'm going to say it. It can and does. Like, so I don't, that was one of my first thoughts. I don't know. And also proximity. I mean, wasn't this, this issue was like, this wasn't his car and it smells, it might smell like marijuana because it was someone else's car. Like if you're close to someone, if you're near someone that is smoking or or whatever, and then it's on you. It was his brother's car. Yeah. I will say that when I bought a used car once, like when we brought it home, we found a crack pipe in it. No lie. Did you return it to its owner? No, we threw it out. Probably a smart thing. My point is simply that It is legal to drive other people's cars. It is legal to share cars. It is legal to buy cars. In my case, purchased a car that contained a bonus prize of illegal paraphernalia, (laughs) right? Totally. Which that was a thing that happened. So, and I guess I wonder too, how different this is from what it is now. So what, I'm not a lawyer. Could they not use smell as probable cause before this decision? No, they could. That were, that's basically why the majority ruled the way they did, that there was another case in 1996 when marijuana was illegal in every single state in the country where that was used as probable cause. And they the majority was like, hey, we're, we're just upholding that, that precedent. Um, but a lot has changed then. So is the difference in this case simply that they did not actually find marijuana? Is that what makes this case different? Maybe because they didn't. He was not charged with um, illegal marijuana possession, including that vape pen. So, But he had the vape pen on him, but he didn't smell like marijuana. The car did. The fact that they said raw marijuana. Vape pens don't just smell on their own. Don't ask me how I know this. So that doesn't make sense, the raw marijuana part. It just kind of seems like this is fishing a little bit in that how do you objectively know what a smell is? I think that was hard before. But now, a legal product, CBD, smells exactly like an illicit product. Everyone, nobody should ever speed. You don't have any rights in your cars. I think that's the takeaway. But the Supreme Court did make a four to three decision here. And so if your car smells like marijuana, 
they got the right to search it. I mean, it has to be said, too. People of color are more or disproportionately the people who are being criminalized for marijuana. Let's be real. (laughs) There are people all over Madison smoking weed and smelling like weed, but there there are charted statistics and 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 data that show who's being you know charged around these things how can that be equally enforced across the board it's a good point well before we dive into any more news let's take a quick break and hear what bianca has planned for the weekend so school's out for the summer But there's a whole lot of kids in the news these days. So this issue of who pays for childcare is coming to a head. As we've talked about, federal pandemic aid for childcare centers is expiring. And the state has to decide if they want to continue the program and pick up the tab. Governor Evers had added it to the state budget, but state lawmakers scaled it way, way, way back. So... You know, we talked to Ruth Schmidt back in May all about this issue and check out that episode to catch up on the debate. But basically, the tight labor market coupled with the increased demand has really put the squeeze on childcare centers. They just can't pay enough. And so they can't hire enough people. They raise their rates. They're going to price out many more families who are paying hundreds of dollars a month per kid. They raise wages they lose families. They cut wages, they lose staff, and they're already having shortages. So what to do? The feds stepped in, right? They kept them going during the pandemic, but who knows if that will continue and what that will mean for working families in Wisconsin. So do you guys see the rally? All those kids at the Capitol on Tuesday? Yeah. Yeah. And and lawmakers. And yeah, it was it was packed. A lot of pissed off moms, a lot of cute kids with signs. Mm -hmm. I'm a sucker for a cute kid with a sign. (laughs) Starting them early. And Governor Evers is the one pushing for these child care subsidies. And it's the GOP lawmakers crafting the budget that are the ones who actually are going to decide whether to put it in or not in. Does it look like they're not going to put it in at all? Because this does seem like an issue that would affect like it shouldn't be partisan. I mean, Republicans have families and child care needs. Our family's bipartisan. <laughs> I saw a quote from a Republican on the finance committee basically saying, hey, you know, I know that this is going to hike tuition costs for families, but speaking from personal experience, I think that families will try and get quality care for their children and then uh, complain about it. It's a matter of like family choice. Robin Voss, had said that they were working on, that the assembly was working on something, but also basically said, yes, we know it's an issue. You know, basically it's your choice if you want to have two working parents, which I thought was an interesting phrase. Me, me too. <laughs> that that jumped out at me. They're all saying similar things, but that quote, like specifically, like every family chooses their own path. And yeah, I remember, you know, you mentioned Ruth. Schmidt, her conversation with her, she pointed out that a lot of people are thinking about this as um, a crucial part of the economy, like people having childcare and 
I don't know. I always bring this up, but I think the children are the future. <laughs> like I think investing in, in all kids, not just kids with um with resources is, is something that should be considered in the economic outlook. <laughs> should we teach them well and let them lead the way? Exactly. It's also interesting that it's coming basically we're on the anniversary of the Dobbs decision from the Supreme Court around abortion. I mean, speaking of kids and whether to have kids or not have kids and making decisions and choices about families and how to afford them or not afford them. So that's happening this Saturday tomorrow. And P.S. there will be dueling marches at the Capitol per usual. The um, March for Life, the big pro-life march will be at the Capitol on Saturday. And then there will be a pride march slash pro-choice counter march i don't know which one is the march and which one's the counter march really at this point but there are dueling activities at the capitol this weekend to note that it's been a year it's been a year since the supreme court sent abortion back to the states and essentially criminalized it here in wisconsin chris taylor gotta say then state rep now judge chris taylor warned everyone was gonna happen not that anyone listened to her well And now we see the emphasis switching to birth control, which also, despite mass popular appeal and decades of safe and effective use, there's been speculation that that could be next, you know, with Clarence Thomas's remarks on the Supreme Court. So state lawmakers, Madison area state lawmakers have introduced a bill to try to guarantee the right to birth control. We'll see where that goes. There's also another bill to let pharmacists prescribe birth control, presumably to make it easier so that you wouldn't have to go through a doctor. But, you know, that died in the Senate before. So we'll see where those go. Well, that's in line with an with another story this week. I mean, a lot of it just seems like a lot of religious beliefs are kind of coming into the healthcare system <laughs> um, around what's accessible. Um, we're thinking about Madison joined Dane County in passing a resolution this week to designate the city of Madison a sanctuary city for people in the transgender community. And this is a resolution around making sure that transgender folks in the community, non-binary folks, can have access to gender-affirming care. We'll get into what it means, but the resolution is very similar to what the county passed last week. So it's a public statement in unity with our with the transgender and non-binary residents here with a lot of legislation that's passing across the country um, trying to restrict care. But yeah, you guys likely saw that, that story. Yeah, it seems like one of those symbolic things that doesn't have any teeth behind it. Yeah, yep, that is what it is. (laughs) Madison loves to do that. And I mean, it must be said that there are more protected classes under Madison ordinance than under state law. Madison area already has a more expansive view of basically EEOC law of equal opportunity. You can look at those lists of protected classes. They're they're long and uh, gender identity is one of them. So that is a thing. There is there is already an architecture in place for investigating claims. Well, it's it's basically a statement saying we are a sanctuary. We are a safe place. It is also an ask to the Madison police, um, should any bills come forward that would make 
basically healthcare gender affirming care uh, illegal that they would not prioritize the rest of people receiving gender affirming care. It's an ask, so it's not legally binding, right? So that's what we're talking about with it not necessarily having teeth. But I was curious what you guys thought, like what that ask might hold with the MPD, like how the mayor, what kind of relationship she has with the MPD or what, you know, if that's something that would be heated or if that's even something we would know until we got to that bridge. Well, look at that 1849 abortion ban that we have in Wisconsin. Obviously, Madison and Dane County leaders do not agree that that law should be enforced. Our Democratic attorney general has said it shouldn't be enforced. But did that make any impact on whether that's the law of the land here, regardless? I will say I got, you know, (laughs) and maybe this is just my personality, but I got a little bit of the positive feels when I saw it. I I was had some of the same questions you all did. Um, I also saw a quote from someone who's transgender saying, you know, it's the bare minimum the city can do. I do think where I come in, uh, I agree with uh, the fictionalized character, Ted Lasso, that a symbolic gesture is very powerful (laughs) for those of you guys who are fans, believe. I think that a lot of opponents of the LGBTQ community want people who are queer to go back and hide and keep their quote unquote personal lives to themselves. I don't know. There's, I think there's something positive about stepping out and, and declaring we are a safe space. You are welcome here, um, even if it is just a resolution. Well, that's not the worst place to wrap things up. Oh, and hey, before we go, we should mention that this here little podcast has been nominated for the best local podcast in Madison by... Madison Magazine, you know, their Best of Madison contest that they run every year. We are in the running. Ayo! Don't just do it because we ask nicely, but (laughs) this is us asking nicely as well. But we want to earn it. But also, if you are appealed by our nice ask, I will not feel bad if you vote for us because you heard us ask. I mean, if you're hate listening right now, if you're rage listening, I will take it. I'll take your vote. I mean, if you like us, if you just feel like moderately excited about us, however you feel about us, if you feel like you would be so moved to spend 2.5 minutes of your time to go to the Best of Madison website and click on arts and entertainment and look for Best Local Podcast and then click on CityCast Madison. We would be eternally grateful. Yeah. And we'll link it into our show notes, too, if you want to click in the show notes. All right. Our time is up this week, but Molly Stentz, thanks for joining us. Glad to be back. See you later, Bianca. Thanks for being here. Oh, would you? Thank you. No, thank you. No. No, thank, thank you. you. You can have the last cheese curd. I can't take no, it. No, you go. No, you go. <laughs> last word. Bye. That's all for today here on CityCast Madison. Bianca Martin is your host. We're produced by Molly Stentz and me, Dylan Brogan. Additional production these past few weeks by Natalie Rivera, Lizzie Goldsmith, Elizabeth Kama, Noah Snyderman, and AKL Moman. Our theme music is by Carl Christensen. You can also get your news delivered right to your inbox from our friends at Madison Minutes. If you enjoyed today's show, why not share this podcast with someone who drives the speed limit? It just makes sense. See you back here Monday morning with more news from around the city. Talk soon.
why not share this podcast with someone who drives the speed limit? And don't forget to just shut the f*** up.